the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Clear back in 1979 when Crossroads Bible Church began in a gymnasium of a local college, San Jose wasn't quite still an orchard field, but uh, it certainly has changed a lot in the ensuing 40 plus years. Joining me now with a look at the changing face of not just South Bay, but this phenomenal ministry called Crossroads Bible Church is lead pastor Jeff Schock. And Pastor Schock, welcome. Good to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Boy, you um, you take over the reins of a church that, as I suggested in my opening comments, has a long and rich history in the San Jose area, birthed out of a group of folks that were um, participants or uh, students at San Jose Bible College back in the late 1970s that I think really had a burden for what they must have recognized as something beginning to change drastically in the South Bay area. And of course, while the greater San Jose region and Santa Clara Valley has always had a deep connection into technology, what with uh, the roots of organizations like Hewlett Packard and others in that part of the world. Um, they must have seen something to recognize not only would this become the technology hub of the entire world, but as we've seen in more recent years, also a magnet for people literally coming from every tribe, every tongue, every continent across the globe now calling the greater San Jose region home. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable to to see what's happened in the Bay Area over the last 40 or so years. And um, I, I kind of wonder what it was like. We still have a few folks that were part of that original crew that founded the church that are still around. And so, um, you know, I get the opportunity to talk to them and uh, hear it from the horse's mouth sort of thing. But it was actually it was at San Jose Christian College, but it was um, Los Gatos Christian. It was a church plant from Los Gatos Christian, which is now Venture. And that ministry was thriving. And there were some folks there that God was kind of leading to do something you know, something adjacent, and, and that's how Crossroads got planted. And it did start at the the uh, San Jose Christian College years ago and um, eventually ended up in the building we're at now on Moore Park Avenue. And tell us a bit about your trajectory. I, I understand that you have your uh, master's degree in theology from Liberty University School of Divinity. Um, but prior to that, um, my father would insist that I say Semper Fi. Uh, hey, you hey. served in the United States Marine Corps. My father would also say there's no such thing as a former Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. But, be right. That's, uh, that goes deep. <laughs> you bet. So tell me a bit about that whole trajectory um, for you, uh, that that process, and and how God first appeared in your life. Well, let me uh, let me see if I can make this brief. I I grew up in the Northeast in New York, um, in the shadow of New York City. Um, I, I everybody I knew was a, a Catholic on Christmas and Easter, pretty much exclusively, and um, I. 
uh, you know, my my childhood was a little bit tumultuous. Uh, my my dad left. My parents got divorced. My mom got cancer. And so right around the start of high school, I jettisoned any kind of faith that I had and I became an atheist. And I uh, was skeptical, if not antagonistic, of Christianity for, for many years. I, I got into a lot of trouble in high school uh, as one of those prodigals, as we say, right? And uh, I joined the Marines as an act of self-preservation, right? <laughs> so I, uh, I, did, I did four years and I got out and I stayed in California. And uh, I started working, uh, you know, and I, I met a couple of Christians in Los Angeles, of all places, and they would share their faith with me. And it, it didn't go well most of the time. But eventually I accepted an invitation to go to church. And that that kind of started me on a, a long journey of, um, yeah, I, long story short, one day I, I bowed my knee admitted God was God and that changed the trajectory of my life. Here I am 20 years later. So uh, early on that sense of being, um, shall we say antagonistic toward the gospel, uh, almost perhaps dare we say in a Saul or a Paul <laughs> fashion, maybe not outright persecution, but, but I would imagine a lot of that must've been a sense of, of pent up frustration. Dare I call it anger in what had transpired with your family, with your parents divorcing, and then your mother's cancer diagnosis? You know, that's that's pretty accurate. I had assumed, and I, I think this is true for a lot of people, that I was rejecting Christianity for logical reasons. And it wasn't until I started to investigate it, like, sincerely, that I found that it was not... I had a, I had a deep-seated vehement emotional reaction to church jesus the bible all of it and so that that kind of made me ask some questions have i really rejected christianity for what i thought was logical reasons uh when the, I, I was starting to sense they were really kind of emotional and uh you know that was my early 20s and i was you know starting to discover who i was and as, as an adult that kind of stuff so that was a that was a big realization for me what was the first big eye-opener? I mean, given the fact that you had a, a fleeting experience, then you'd gone through the challenges within your family life, eventually your uh, your time in the United States Marine Corps, and then in Los Angeles. Um, what was the thing to you that really made that first impression that caused you to revisit the claims of Christ? Well, I, I'll tell you, it was probably C.S. Lewis. I was I was working at a health club in L.A. and these these couple of Christians that I mentioned, they worked at this health club, too. And it, it probably didn't hurt that they were both like beautiful young women. I ended up marrying one of them as an aside. Um, but they uh, they were they were Christians. One was a pastor's kid. One was a missionary kid. And they were going to college in L.A. and they happened to be working at this gym. And so they would you know, we the faith, the subject of faith would come up. And I'm this argumentative New Yorker, like, who wants to deal with that? So they would just hand me C.S. Lewis books. And uh, they handed me Mere Christianity, one of them. The other one gave me the screw tape letters. It wasn't until years later I, I found out they sell those two bundled on Amazon. But by by uh, the, somewhere around the third chapter of Mere Christianity, my my doubts, which I had 
sincerely held for a long time were beginning to crumble. And uh, Lewis, you know, he gave me the first logical, um, cognitive way that I could I could let my heart go and believe. And, you know, there's no doubt that there's a strong emotional component to Christianity. I, I think in the most naturalist of forms, it is a reaction to what, under the proper circumstances, is a growing, deepening, budding relationship with very God himself. But oftentimes we tend to have an emotional response in a more, shall we say, fleshy fashion. That means either moments of ecstasy that are not necessarily rooted in anything that has a, uh, a biblical foundation or moments of anger where we just simply lash out because the, the feelings are so strong and there seems to be that disconnection between the head and the heart. And while there's certainly a strong heart component to our faith, that that sense of being able to argue based on fact, the historicity of the scripture, the archaeology that supports it, the eyewitness testimony, so many of these issues that if we were exploring Christ in the same fashion that we would say be investigating a homicide or a burglary. We're going to interview witnesses. We're going to uh, gather information. We're going to observe circumstances, and then we're going to begin to to form and draw some conclusions. Our conversation today with Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our dialogue in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Craig Roberts along with a special guest. He is Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. Pastor Schock, let's come back to where we were talking just a moment ago. It's interesting because oftentimes Christianity seems to be dismissed as sort of the check your brains at the door religion. When in fact, as I think you discovered in the writings of C.S. Lewis and your own personal faith journey, that um, while yes, there is indeed a, a emotional component um, or a heart component to all of this, there's also a very strong intellectual, uh, compelling argument for the validity of who Jesus claims to be. Yeah, that's that's completely right. I was shocked to find out there were really, really compelling reasons to believe. I had grown up and I had asked I had asked my religion teacher and my parents, can you give me a rational a rational explanation for how this can be true? And 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 no one could. And so when I began reading and it was right around the time where uh, Case for Christ, Lee Strobel's book was kind of, you know, top in the charts. And that was another you know, that was another resource that God put in my path. And um, there are really compelling reasons to believe. And that's one of the it's one of the things that I think God has just put on my heart to shout from the rooftops, especially here in Silicon Valley, where there is, you know, you can the skepticism is is pretty thick. You can cut it with a knife. But there's a lot of data points that people just haven't considered. And, and I, I find when you when you can appropriate some of those arguments, C.S. Lewis, Lee Strobel, the rest, you can start to see the scales fall from people's eyes, or at least they, you know, they, they step back a little and like, huh, I never thought of that. So, and I'm curious, you know, nothing happens by accident, right? In, in God's economy, everything is for a reason. As you look back over your own life journey and your trajectory from a casual 
circumstantial faith, you know, Easter and Christmas, as you say, um, into being a full-on doubter, if not aggressively anti-Christian, to eventually coming full circle and into the fullness of who Christ is. Um, any accident that you wind up in Northern California in a part of the state that probably has not only one of the highest concentrations of educated people. I mean, you don't have to go far to run into doctors and PhDs and certainly within the engineering community, PEs and people of that sort that have taken years. They've studied. They're serious about what they do. It's, you know, it's kind of the the um, the, the dragnet, the facts and nothing but the facts kind of approach. Did, did that, in a sense, prepare you for the minister you have today? At crossroads, that's a good question. I, 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 you know, I'm sure it has to an extent, and maybe only God knows the full extent. But um, it is interesting. My wife and I, when we were married about ten years, we we just felt God was calling us to to something more uh, ministry wise. So we almost became missionaries, and we were going to go to uh, to Mexico, and and we had a whole team around us, and there was an organization, and and so forth. And through pray, praying through that calling, we we uh, we ended up not going through that door. It didn't seem like. You know, two gringos with barely passable Spanish and a mountain of student debt was really that's what God had for us. Um, but then, lo and behold, a few years after that, um, he brings us back to Silicon Valley uh, to to pastor this church. And uh, the further we go, the more I the more I see, oh, this is what God had in mind all along. He was he was preparing us for this for years and years. And so that's the sense we have at, at this at this point in our ministry. And, you know, the irony is uh, and part of me, if this seems to be, you know, contradicting what you just said in terms of the original pathway towards missions work and then that kind of short circuiting. God had other plans, but in a very real way. And perhaps even in a more significant way, you really are working as a missionary. And by that, I mean, if we look at the the dynamic, the makeup of the San Francisco Bay Area, my goodness, I, I don't know that there's anything that is cross-representational of the entire planet. We have people that come from every continent from every sort of religious tradition, be it Hinduism or Buddhism or uh, old school mainstream uh, mainline Christendom to no faith at all. And they come from every continent and they arrive here in the San Francisco Bay Area because of business opportunities or high tech opportunities. And so you open up the front door of your home in the South Bay and there lies before you left, right and center the mission field. So in a real sense, would it be true that you are really a missionary in one form or another? Yeah, and that's that's the way that we see it, and that's the way that uh, we we talk about the work God's put us to in in terms of our congregation. Um, we always, at least traditionally, missionaries are the ones that go overseas to you know the the developing world, et cetera. Everybody came here. Uh, we have dozens of countries represented not and not just ethnicities we have nationalities represented in, in my congregation which isn't terribly big um but there are dozens of countries represented so it's 
Pretty interesting. And then a lot of the folks who are moving to the Bay Area are coming from places that are um, they're they're non-Christian, they're non-Western, they're they're non-white. And it's an opportunity. I mean, here we are. It's Silicon Valley, San Jose specifically, arguably one of the most influential places in all of human history. Right. You could make the case for Egypt and, you know, ancient Athens. But this this place, ideas that start here ripple across the, the globe. And there's Crossroads, this little tiny uh, church literally on the crossroads of, um, you know, uh, one of the most influential places on the planet. So I I do consider it missions work and we have we do try to get that across um, whenever we talk about what we're doing as a church. You know, I want I want the folks that go to Crossroads to feel like they're on mission. This that that mission missionaries, and that's not some people across the pond. That's what that's what we're doing. That's what we're about. Give me your sense: burden or blessing? I ask that because some look at this and say, "Wow, trying to relate to so many different traditions, uh, particularly those that that would be outside of our our comfort level, so to speak, outside of the the, the Western approach to life," and say, "Wow, I, you know, it's not just that there are an occasional." linguistic barrier, but there are traditional barriers, there are societal barriers that present so many challenges. Uh, th- this kind of, um, of ministry uh, can be a huge burden. Then there are those that say, oh, no, no, to the contrary. What a phenomenal blessing, because not only does it teach the congregation to grow, to be flexible, to be open-minded, but to also learn how to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within. That sense of Paul, you know, when he said, I'm all things to all men that I might win some, in recognizing that, well, the missionary that's headed to Mexico only needs to learn to speak Spanish, and you only need to deal with the Hispanic culture. But if you're here, it is, as we said earlier, really a cross-section of the entire world in which some might say this is not a, a, a negative. This is, in fact, very positive because it really calls upon the church to be the church in every sense of the word and also calls upon the church to be reflective of what the greater body of Christ looks like. I have a an idea in my mind that when we all get to heaven, there's not going to be the Presbyterian section and the and the uh, Methodist section and the Pentecostal section. There's not going to be the Italian section and the French section. There's just going to be all of us together worshiping God for all eternity. And so I wonder if, in a real sense, while this might present some burden that in the end in the final analysis it really presents a blessing what do you think well i i think both of those are right it, it is a burden ministry in in the silicon valley is challenging for a number of reasons i have friends and colleagues uh, you know across the country some of them in the bible belt where even the atheists are baptist you know and uh and and the, you know the, we have you know the coffers are full and the pews are full and the cost the, the cost of doing business is low and you know um, I but for me I you know I, there's a fondness for this mission that's been growing since God brought us here and you know initially it was just oh my gosh the challenges but as we've as we've kind of moved forward in faith we just um, I wouldn't trade it. 
it's it's uh, it's a really special place. Just Silicon Valley generally, but Crossroads in particular. Um, I, I we have I think there's only two native English speakers on our staff. Most of them are from Korea and the Philippines and, um, you know, all over uh, Mexico, Central America. And so it's a really diverse community and it's a cross section of the larger uh, the larger population. We've got old people, young people, you know, people whose families have been been here for a long time and people who are first generation immigrants. And so it's uh, it's really interesting. There are challenges. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I. As, as it happens, I found out that I like challenges. And so maybe I'm a little twisted that way, but maybe that's the influence of your time in the Marine Corps. <laughs> it might be. There's it nothing might be. easy about this at all. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. Doubt about like, it. Give me something challenging and, and where you just have to not quit. Our conversation today with Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our dialogue in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Craig Roberts along with a special guest. He is Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. Pastor Schock, let's come back to where we were talking just a moment ago. You know, there there is an inclination in the flesh to want to go to where the ministry is easiest. As you say, where, you know, the offering plate is full on Sunday and we can't, we don't have enough room to, to even accommodate one more kid in Sunday school class. The church is full. The choir loft is full. That's all great and well. But I think there's also a distinction between working where the ministry is the easiest versus working where the need is the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. And we see the need. I mean, it's smacking us in the face every day. I mean, San Jose is really interesting. We lived here, oh, about 15 years ago and then moved to New York for, uh, you know, a, a season. And now we're back. And I've got to watch San Jose kind of grow up from being a um, a robust suburb to being a kind of city with all of the all the things there and two pertaining the good and the bad, the, the urban decay and the rest of it. And I'm consistently meeting people, you know, you, you see all the statistics about the nuns, people have no religious background. You can read the stats, but then when you talk to the people and you we did a series on Abraham a while back and I had folks coming to the church that never heard of Abraham. They thought we were talking about Abraham Lincoln. And so I get I get to share with these folks the the real brass tacks the 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 highlights the thing the things that make Jesus beautiful and I get to be the person who who explains it to them for the first very first time which is uh, a, a high honor and privilege for sure. That's a pretty phenomenal opportunity. I mean, you know, Scripture certainly mandates that we take the gospel into Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And I know, by the way, for the benefit of listeners, that your church is also active in overseas missions. You support a number of missionaries in in various and diverse places, Thailand, uh, Venezuela, elsewhere. Um, but that sense of, of Judea, it, right out the front door, and, you know, the one benefit of ministry in the San Francisco Bay Area is you don't have to travel very far to find people that have never heard of the gospel who think Abraham is Abraham. 
<laughs> Abraham Lincoln. I never heard that before. <laughs> and, and so as a result, you know, the, the opportunity for us to um, demonstrate our faith, to shine our light before men is all around us. And what a joy and a privilege. And I think in some respects, um, God has called us for such a time as this, for such a place as this. Because as you alluded to earlier, th- this part of the world has always been the trendsetters. You know, the old adage is, as goes the Bay Area, so goes the state, as so goes the state, so goes the nation, and beyond. And so, in many respects, you know, we, we like to sometimes look at the glass as being half full and uh, versus half empty. And, you know, I think that this is a case where it is indeed half full because the opportunities for ministry and the ability to impact literally the globe lie literally at our fingertips. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the folks that are coming here, the, the, you know, another challenge that's also a challenge and a blessing is how transient the area is, right? You have a lot of people here, and I think last time I looked, the average tech employee spends about four out, four years in the Bay Area. So they're, they're coming here for a season to build their resume for professional opportunities, education, whatever it is. And, and then they're going to go, they're going to move on. They may go back to their country of origin. And so we have this tremendous opportunity to uh, the, the revolving door. It's not easy to manage, but there are people that come through our church. They're there for a season and prayerfully, hopefully they get the gospel. They have a deep understanding of what it means. And then they, they go on and they're a resource and a blessing wherever they end up going. So you've got the double blessing opportunity here, not just to feed his sheep, but also to train his missionaries, because in a sense, they come, they get ministered to, uh, they learn of the word, they get fired up. And then, as you say, after a season, they move on to wherever on might be. And hopefully they take with them a burden for the lost and the capacity to to not only be a disciple, but to be disciple makers. And so in, in a real sense, a big part of what you do is is preparing missionaries. How exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. And I love I love seeing people from all the different cultures that end up darkening our doorway, responding to the gospel and then like in unique ways. Right. Because, um, you know, for for your like your native Bay Area person who's just a secular person who's never heard the gospel, the gospel transforms them in a really different way than it does somebody who's maybe uh, like who's just immigrated from India and his you know, a completely different understanding and faith paradigm that they're coming at it with. So it is a it's a very interesting dynamic. I think it's pretty unique. Uh, we're one of the most diverse places in the country, if not the world. Right. So there's probably not a lot of places where you see this dynamic as uh, as clear as you do here in Silicon Valley. One of the things that I'm struck by in the ministry of Crossroads Bible Church. And if you've just tuned in late, we're visiting today with lead pastor Jeff Schock of Crossroads. But one of the things that that strikes me is, you know, if we look at the the earthly ministry of Jesus, with very few exceptions, every time that he went out to minister, to proclaim who he was and why he came, it was generally preceded by some act of addressing felt needs, whether it might be a conversation with a woman at the well, to feeding the 5,000, uh, 
to restoring sight to the blind, helping the lame to walk. He always acknowledged that sense of compassion for the human condition and the suffering that all of us go through as a result of of our own innate sin nature. And so that ability to demonstrate his love by addressing felt needs, I think, is is certainly something that um, can and should be passed on to his descendants, to the church that carries that same message to this very day. And and toward that end, I take note that Crossroads is involved in everything from um, helping to minister to the poor of the community, homeless. Um, You have a tutoring program, which I think is just a brilliant idea. Uh, Particularly, you know, you think about all the retirees out there that have got years of business experience and know-how. They hit 67, they retire, they sit home all day, read the newspaper and, and drive their spouse nuts, right? Instead, an opportunity to engage them in in mentoring and passing on that knowledge and helping young people that are struggling scholastically. And then finally, and we know this, and it certainly got highlighted during COVID, and that is the number of people that just struggle with the high cost of living and rent in the Bay Area. Things as simple that we take granted for, like putting food on the table, is a challenge for a lot of folks. And so you guys also operate a food pantry. And I would imagine that, that all three of those elements that I just mentioned are, are quite intentional as a part of Crossroads Ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I came to Crossroads in May of 2018, I, I exited Bascom Avenue on the Moore Park, and there was a 75-yard in homeless, homeless encampment. And uh, there was just garbage everywhere and people on the streets. And and that community that Crossroads is in, uh, the Rose Glen neighborhood right there, it's it's one of the I think it's the fourth or fifth poorest zip code in the city. So the area itself is one of those rough, rough patches. And as I was pulling off the freeway and I was looking at all that, I, I heard God real clearly say that he was he was about to do something about all of that. And over the last five years as a church, we've been endeavoring to, to just be a light in that community. And um, we do it. We, we unofficially call it an ecosystem of love. And so there's our sister Spanish church, Verbo. Uh, they meet at 2 p.m. They, they partner with us and we, we pull off this food pantry, um, on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And between the two churches, we average somewhere around like 2,000 people a month that we feed somewhere around 500 families. A lot of them are just based in that little community. And of course, this is in connection with, uh, Second Harvest Food Bank and we couldn't do it alone. Um, but in connection with that, we get a lot of these families and many of them are, are you know, Spanish language speaking um, first generation. And so um, we have we do have some it's Silicon Valley. We have some overeducated people. <laughs> so we got them together. And now we have a tutoring program that goes uh, that goes through the school year where we can come alongside these families and help the kids understand common core math and 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 the whole heart of it is we're not just um we're not just doing a one-off event where where the church is going to help the community and give away some stuff and then pat ourselves on the back this is a a, a sustained uh systemic pervasive initiative to love our community as best as we can and and as i said you know we're a small church but it's it's been through 
um, strategic partnerships with other churches, outside organizations, anybody like, you know, anybody who's down down to make a difference they can partner with us essentially and i love that approach because as you point out you know oftentimes and i think out of a sense of guilt we'll we'll get involved in some feel-good project that for the moment satisfies our sense of i've done my part and then we go about business as usual and meanwhile the suffering in the community and the neighborhood around us continues then there's the good do good approach that says we're in this for the long haul. We're in this to make a difference. And I think some of the strategic partnerships that you alluded to in, in making this work makes the difference. Our conversation today with Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our dialogue in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Craig Roberts along with a special guest. He is Pastor Jeff Schock, lead pastor of Crossroads Bible Church of San Jose. Pastor Schock, let's come back to where we were talking just a moment ago. It's easy, and I think particularly in the San Francisco Bay Area, when we see what's going on in downtown San Francisco, certainly in Oakland, and in places like parts of the South Bay, East San Jose, etc., it's easy to pound our fist on the table and say, the government needs to do something, where are the politicians, what's City Hall doing? You know, at the end of the day, City Hall can build tents, they can open up soup kitchens, they can provide, you know, emergency medical services. But the one thing that they can't address is the one thing that is systemic and is at the core of many of these societal problems, and that's what's going on with the heart. And the heart is only going to change when there's an encounter with Jesus Christ. And the last time I checked, government was very poor at disseminating the gospel. But if the church does that and then uses strategic partnerships to be able to address the felt needs and then can, as part of its primary goal, address the spiritual needs, just as Jesus did, I think we can change the world. I 100% agree. And, you know, I, I, I heard Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, say this years and years ago, where, you know, there's a, um, the, the caricature is that, you know, you do word ministry on one side. You have those folks on the street corners, on soapboxes, preaching. And then, you you know, some other denominations are really good at meeting felt needs. And, you know, his he always maintained that you do both of those at the same time. You tell people about a God of love and mercy and grace, and then you show them what that actually it's looks not, like. It's not either or, it's both and. Yeah, at the at the same time, and so that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons um, we we have Verbo is our Spanish language church pastor Edwin Milan is a great great pastor. He's a, a bilingual, bivocational guy. Works in tech, and uh, my Spanish is deplorable. So I'm never going to reach that community. Maybe maybe maybe, but, maybe God had His hand in keeping you out of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, there you, there you go. <laughs> Uh, and he brought a he brought a great pastor who is who is fluent and reaching that community. And so um, that's one of the, the ways that we minister to them is we platform this our sister church so that they can they can connect with these families. 
I love the approach. It's exciting, and it's exciting to see what God is continuing to do through the ministry of Crossroads Bible Church all these 43, 44 years later. For folks, Pastor Shock, that have been eavesdropping on our conversation today, and they think, wow, I like what this guy's had to say, and I certainly find what Crossroads is doing to be very attractive and might really ideally be suited to meet the needs of our family, and most importantly, a great place for our family to get plugged in in a local body of believers and and be a part of the body of Christ and do great things for God. Take a few moments, if you would, please, and tell us a bit about what all is going on at Crossroads Bible Church and the various ministries that are available to folks in the Bay Area. Sure. Well, obviously, we have our our Sunday services at 930 and 11. Um, We have our kids ministry. My my wife leads that. So I'm a little biased. I think it's pretty awesome. My kids are enthusiastic, too. So I'll say that. And uh, we also have all the mercy ministries. And that's what we call them here. Uh, So the pantry, the Tuesday night uh, food distribution, the tutoring program. Um, Gosh, I'm forgetting a couple. There's our our downtown outreach. Um, So there's a lot of opportunities for people to roll their sleeves up and help out. Um, those things you can you can find more out more about them online. Oh, and if I can plug if I can plug it, September seventeenth after our eleven a.m. service, we're having a, a we're having a we're having a party. We're having a huge festival to to bless our community. Uh, there's going to be live music and and tons of food, and it's a celebration of all the cultures that are represented in that community. So it, you know each each different culture is going to have its own food tent, and there'll be authentic dress and and that kind of stuff. Bounce house for the kids. So that's September. 17th and uh, the San Jose earthquakes are going to be all, all those nonprofits that we work with, like downtown streets team and prosperity labs, all the rest, they'll be there to, to get resources into the community as well. And all of this will be taking place there on the campus at 1670 Moore park. That's right. Well, now the only thing you haven't mentioned is that the, the quality of the preaching on Sunday morning, what's that like? Well, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Oh, I have a suspicion based not only on your master's degree in theology from Liberty University, but based on our conversation today that I bet it's a lot more than just all right. And of course, listeners will get an opportunity on Sunday at noon to hear the pulpit ministry of lead pastor Jeff Schock from Crossroads Bible Church. And as we mentioned, if you're new to the San Francisco Bay Area, looking for a new church home, visiting the area, like to check them out, we invite you to uh, join in Sunday morning services times at 9.30 a.m. and again at 11 a.m. The church is located at 1670, that's 1670 Moore Park Avenue in San Jose. And to get more information about the ministry of Crossroads Bible, you can check them out online at CBC, think Crossroads Bible Church, CBC Life. Dot O-R-G. That's cbclife.org or call them at area code 408-288-4115. 408-288-4115. Pastor Jeff Shock, lead pastor from Crossroads Bible Church, San Jose. What a delight to get a chance to know you and uh, have you share with our listeners some of uh, your heartbeat for the gospel. And we sure appreciate you carving some time out of your schedule for us today. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It was a privilege. 
Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.